This is Diving Board, a show about artists, the art they make, and a wide range of social and cultural issues. I'm Bill Valerio, and I run the Woodmere Art Museum, where we tell the stories of Philadelphia's art and artists. And I'm Stephanie Marutis of Cuvenda Media, where we produce Narratives for Social Change. We're bringing you today's show from the Cook and Del Bueno Galleries at Woodmere, and I'm sure you can hear the reverberation of my voice across the large, rotunda-shaped space. The 2019 annual is up on our walls. This is our 78th juried annual exhibition. And it's a showcase of contemporary art made across a wide variety of media by artists and craftspeople living within 50 miles of the museum. About 650 artists submitted work for consideration, and this year's juror, Eileen Neff, selected nearly 100 works that explore the overarching concept for the exhibition, which she titled Second Nature, The Poetics of Re-Presentation. Here's Eileen describing the concept and the call to artists she put out. I called it Second Nature, The Poetics of Re-Presentation, and I made that little distinction instead of just saying representation. And again, you know, somehow announcing there's the world and then our response to it. And then I wrote this little quote from me. I keep artificial plants near my kitchen sink, real ones in the studio. A slab of dried yellow paint serves as a centerpiece on a small white table. My wooden birds shake their heads and sing their songs, but only when they're turned on. So the last line, my wooden birds shake their heads and sing their songs, but only when they're turned on, I thought was, you know, it's a little tongue-in-cheek, you know, a little humor, which I prefer rather than the other thing. But I realize it's not just turned on like the switch is turned on, but in a way they're turned on by being seen or activated or experienced. And I guess I, you know, I think there's some kind of implication there for the work itself, but that the work offers itself and that we complete the work, not a new idea, in fact, one that Marcel Duchamp spoke about often. Bill and I were talking about that a little bit in terms of this exhibition, that there is a Duchampion. <laughs> well, he's, he's in my pocket with Wallace Stevens and a few others. I'm not sure what they're doing in there. Maybe they're playing cards. As we do every year, we invited Eileen to select the works for the show and also to include several pieces from Woodmere's historic collections as well as her own work. Eileen's choices are about the poetics of representation. It has a lot to do with seeing and not just the qualities within individual work, but curatorially, the conversations that are made between works. And I have found over the years that the last stroke in a project of mine is the moment where I get to see what the individual pieces have to do with each other to the point where those relationships determine the sizes, the placement, etc. And again, sounds like a curator thinking, but that is how my practice has evolved. Eileen formally studied literature and painting, and I would describe her as a photography-based installation artist. 
She's a resident critic in the MFA program at the Pennsylvania Academy of the Fine Arts, also a writer who previously published reviews in Art Forum. Drawing on both historic and contemporary concepts of picturing the natural and constructed world, Eileen's work also includes an investigation of the studio practice itself. From the start, her projects have developed in relation to the sites or gallery spaces where she exhibits. What's fascinating about this annual is the degree to which ordinary objects are represented in ways that make for surprising meaning. I've thought about the pleasure of recognizing something that's unfamiliar, and that was an experience that I found in the work that I look for in the world and try to instigate in my own work, ultimately groups of things would start appearing, and of course they did. So, you know, in the beginning, I knew what I was looking for, but I don't know if I could have told you, but only as the works came in and I started finding relationships, resemblance, strands of resemblance, conversations, the shapes of how these things could be installed started to occur to me. So, I mean, that's very general. Uh, Specifically, there's work that has to do with other art, and that's something that has interested me for a long time. Underlying a lot of the work, not all of it, is my affection for the landscape. And so that's there as well, although not solely. I like interiors as well. But just in general, questions of representation, of picturing what it means to be here and to want to sing about it, to respond to the world, and how one does that, the how seems so important, was something that shaped the categories. Again, that's rather abstract. But I have a whole section on images that are constructed, kind of invented and put together. Normally, when Eileen presents her own work, she builds a model, and she did so this time using scale drawings of the gallery space and images of the work at the same scale. And the gallery is somewhat circular and (laughs) oval-shaped. I often say that it is the shape of an ear. But seriously, what makes it a great exhibition space, one of the best galleries for art in all of Philadelphia, is that there are grand dramatic spaces for large works that seek attention, and there are intimate smaller spaces for works that want a kind of up-close encounter. It can be a hard space to work with, but a good curator like Eileen can get a lot out of the space, and it takes on a different character in every show. I mean, this was the fun part, you know, for sure. I mean, challenging and stressful in terms of people who had to be left out, but challenging in terms of making this a nice walk in the park while you're in the gallery of just, you know, creating some interest and, again, conversation between the pieces that will allow you to look at one, look at the next one, and encourage you to go back and look at the one next to it again. And, again, you know, feeling the resonance. There's a lot of nighttime things happening here. So 
I'm again having some fun with other people's work and I hope that's agreeable to everyone. You know, pushing things together that maybe they never would have imagined would be together and in that sense again, I'm making connections that, I mean, it's interesting to wonder what the individual artists will think about them because I am in a way believing in context as I do, altering or expanding and I hope not diminishing in any way, the individual meanings of the work. There's definitely a cerebral dimension to this annual, and that comes from the way that Eileen thinks about art and the degree to which she responds to the investments that artists make in the concepts and assumptions that underlie their work. I was thinking if I had to find a way to characterize this exhibition, in a way that perhaps distinguishes it in some ways, and I'm sure I could find contradictions to what I'm about to say, but I have the feeling that somehow with the selections that I was tapping into the quieter inner murmurings going on in the city, and I hope there's something for everyone. I mean, I hope, you know, there's some pleasures to be had and some thinking to be done. I mean, certainly this is not a political exhibition. This is really about seeing and picturing the world and the extensive embracing way that that might look. I hope my interest in being generous and, and inclusive is felt in the gallery and that it overrides the mystery of my call to artists. <laughs> And here we are, standing before the end result. And it's very exciting to see. We're going to take some time right now to walk around the gallery and talk about some of the pieces in this year's annual. I'm going to do my best to highlight some works that are cross-representative of the exhibition. So Bill, you told me this is the first time that you've seen the show up on the walls. It's nearly done. It's my first time too. What are your first impressions? My first thought is, wow, there is a lot to see, and there are a lot of vignettes within the overall composition of the exhibition that is drawing me in, and I want to understand what these relationships are. So for example, I'm looking at, I'm guessing about six or seven works of art that are hung together in a corner of the space here that have to do with architecture in the city, forms that open and close, shadows that cast doubt on spatial relationships between things, elements that I associate with the inside of windows like curtains, patterns, door latches, wallpaper, and then things that are all about how we see architectural spaces and buildings from the outside. And so a painting from Woodmere's own collection that Eileen selected by the artist Larry Day. What's so amazing about Larry Day's painting is that he's showing you multiple views of the city at the same time. And you might think you're looking up at a building, but simultaneously you're looking down into the subway or the basement space of the city itself. and 
as soon as you think you understand where the painting is bringing you, it throws you for a loop, and you're in another part of the city. Are you at street level? Where are you standing? And that sense of uncertainty and you know, the public space as a space that's strange and surprising and full of mystery is something that Eileen has really given us you know, in this juxtaposition of works. John Holsinger's painting, called View from the Rear Window, number one, uses a lot of the vocabulary that Larry uses in terms of spaces that seem straightforward and presented to us that because a shadow falls over them or because a line takes a surprising turn out of the perspectival illusion, um, you know, suddenly the parts of the architectural space that we think we're looking at get thrown into mystery. And that is a wonderful kind of handle that, you know, each of these works hands off to each other. And, you know, I'm seeing that Holsinger is an artist who was born in 1988. Well, you know, Larry Day um, died in the 1990s. And so, you know, here's an artist who was a child, um, certainly, you know, if born at all, when, when this other work of art was actually made. Um, and yet they speak to each other in a beautiful way. And that is something to me, as an art historian, that's very satisfying about the annual and the way that artists can look at our collection. Artists, I mean Eileen, our juror, in this case, can look at Woodmere's collection and say, aha, you know, this painting from the past is really connected um, you know, to what this younger emerging artist is exploring today in the mystery of life in the Philadelphia of today. And that continues throughout this section of the exhibition. And going back to Larry Day, Eileen uh, told me that Larry was her professor uh, in yeah. art school yeah. and then became um, her mentor as a young artist and a good friend. And she even wrote about him in her work and, you know, her own work, uh, Mountain Sign, is around yeah. the corner. And she said, you know, Larry has her back, sort of. <laughs> yeah, no, it's wonderful that... Eileen could look at Woodmere's collection and draw out of it artists from the past who mean something to her and to her practice today. The mountain sign, I once said to Eileen, is this your manifesto? And she kind of laughed at me and she said, well, no, I don't think of it as you know, so direct in that kind of way. But here we have a photograph of a landscape and within the landscape is something that looks like a billboard sign. And on the billboard, tilted away from us, so tilting into the landscape, is a photograph that appears to be the very landscape that we're looking at. So it makes us question, is that photograph of the landscape the photograph that we're actually seeing? Or how did she construct this? What is true that this photograph of a landscape, which we would normally just accept as a photograph of a landscape, and enter into it the way we've entered into painting since the Italian Renaissance and say, aha, my eye can follow the trees into the distance and we can see how the atmosphere becomes more tangible as space recedes such that the mountain range in the very back is almost like a whisper. So we, we would normally accept that, but Eileen is saying, well, let's not accept that. Let's question what is it that we represent when we say landscape? And it's that part of questioning the real and the presented or the re or the, and the re-represented 
the re-presented um, that, that is so interesting throughout this show. And it is unbelievable to me that here we are, you know, in 2019, and this concept of real, not real, what do we believe, what does the authority of the subject and the authority of the presenter do to the way we accept these things as real and meaningful or not real and not meaningful, um, alarming, funny, you know, a wide range of emotions, all of which are very complex in terms of the way we perceive the world. So I find it actually quite satisfying and a useful engagement for the mind to, to engage with these questions that Eileen asks us to engage with in her own art and that she sees um, in the art of others. I mean, I know that Eileen has said, um, and I know that Eileen as a person is someone engaged with art on a deep existential basis. She is not an artist who's seeking to make a direct political statement. Some artists are overt in their politics and some artists approach meaning and politics in different ways that are maybe not overt. But I think that there is you know, a cultural dimension to politics and that's something that we're getting from Eileen's installation. And when you say that, Bill, it reminds us of a particular painting uh, from the Woodmere collection that uh, has been selected for the show. Let's walk over yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you're talking about Teresa Bernstein's summer picnic from the year 1919. And I'm thrilled that Eileen was so excited about this picture. It's relatively new to Woodmere. A gift um, from Edith Stein, who's the great collector in the United States of Teresa Bernstein's work. And this was an important work for Teresa. It is her reimagining, her representation back in 1919 of a painting called The Dejeuner sur l'herbe by Edouard Manet, one of the great chestnuts of the history of modern art in it nude woman in the landscape, at a picnic with dressed men, and it's all about modern life and sexual relationships, or I should say gender relationships in the modern world, is the subject of Manet's paintings. Teresa Bernstein, who knew that painting well, who was the kind of artist that loved art history and was conscious of you know, the example of Manet, and I think you can see Cezanne as well in this painting, she reinterprets the, the Dejeuner sur l'herbe with the figure of herself and her husband in the days, perhaps, after their wedding. They were married at Kenneseth Israel here in Philadelphia in 1919, and the picnic, the luncheon on the grass, is a carnal scene where they are both somewhat undressed. And it's as if the Manet painting for her offered an opening into the joy that she felt in you know, this new relationship with her husband. Her garment is falling off of her shoulder. Her legs are, are exposed in this garden woods-like scene. And her husband is you know, wearing nothing but you know, what I would say are um, you know, they look like Lululemon underpants that people wear for yoga nowadays. And he's holding what appears to be a green apple and he's rubbing it against his breast. So, you know, there's a real embrace in a positive way 
of sexual pleasure here and what a marriage means. And it has to do with a reinterpretation of a great, you know, painting that, you know, if you know anything about French Impressionism and modern art, chances are you know something about the Déjeuner sur l'herbe. And certainly Teresa Bernstein is wanting us to rethink that a little bit. And in so doing, you know, do we say this is a political statement? Um, here is a woman who is, this is a large painting, and she's declaring, you know, her ability to embrace and be proud of who she is as a modern person in the fullest sense. And Teresa Bernstein lived to be almost 110. So she lived through the women's rights movement and you know, may not have saw herself as a feminist in the mold of the feminism that we know that took shape in the 60s and 70s. But if you think about control over your own body and pride and joy <laughs> in your own sense of you know, who you are as a gendered person, as a woman, Teresa Bernstein is right there. And are those ideas political still in our world today in terms of control over the body? They absolutely are. So here's an example, you know, of a work and of a juxtaposition, I would say, that takes on a political resonance in the world in which we live. So Bill, let's walk over to a section right now uh, that seems to have themes around seeing. And as we heard Eileen say earlier in the podcast, when the submissions came in, these groupings became apparent in a way that she hadn't anticipated. But, you know, as a curator, she has been able to assemble some thematic groupings. And we're standing right here in front yeah. of one of them, if you want to tell everybody what we're looking at right now. Here we've got a work by Lawrence Souter called Seeing is Believing, and it was made in 2017. What's so fascinating about the way Eileen organized this year's annual is that she really used the spaces of the gallery. We have these classical niches in our cook space, and she's turned one of these niches into a cave, and specifically the Ur cave of Western culture, Plato's cave. And here we are with Plato's Republic quoted on the wall then in every way such people would deem reality to be nothing else than the shadows of artificial objects. And I don't know if the microphone will pick this up, but we've got a contraption in front of us made out of you know, what appear to be um, normal household objects, maybe pieces of a lamp, a door lock, the kind of motor you would have in a music box or a child's toy that is then moving back and forth, the silhouette of a figure that's um, in a rocking chair reading. And so the, the figure rocks. In front of it, the lamp with a lampshade that's made out of a soda can that boasts real cane sugar and everything original, always free, is a lampshade that's shining light on the figure that casts a shadow on the back wall of this cave. And so here we've got, you know, a literal presentation in very crude terms with this Rube Goldberg-like contraption made out of, oh, here's a, a knob from a stove or an oven. But it was Plato who said, you know, reality is basically our reading of shadows that are a step removed from anything that's real. And so in a lot of ways, here's an artist, and, and his name is Lawrence Souter, 
And I think this is a great piece in terms of the heart of the exhibition and taking us right back to Plato and this idea of the cave where reality is nothing else than the shadows of artificial objects. So here we are. After spending some time now with different kinds of works in this exhibition, some works that take us back 2,000 years to Plato and his concept of the cave of illusions, works from 1919 by Teresa Bernstein, works from you know, the late 1980s by Larry Day, and you know, works by the majority of the artists represented here that were made in the last five years. It makes for a very fascinating experience. And so let's come back to Eileen now and hear more about how she thinks about the idea of re-presentation. There are a list of strategies that my own work has engaged, like doubling, like repetition, like referencing, cross-referencing, things that, in my mind, snap the viewer to a heightened state of attention when they're looking at something and create possibly more of a sense of presence in front of an image or an object. And to me, that's the valuable experience. I like things that duplicate, that double. I like doubling. I see it as a way of drawing attention to the thing itself. So there's resemblance, but then there's identity. And for me, personally, Eileen's thinking about the annual has really resonated in terms of the times we live in. We're now living in a world where it's increasingly becoming harder to determine what's real and what's not real. As we've seen, some of the worst manifestations of reality being warped and hijacked online from Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election to live streaming on social media and Facebook of some pretty horrific events and fakery. With that said, this year's annual feels especially palpable and perhaps everything we see and experience is represented in some way or another. And what I think is real might not be the same for you because perhaps you get your news and information from different sources than I do. And really, can we tell the difference between real news and fake news? So these are just some things on my mind as I grapple with what is authentic and I feel that art can help us ask these questions and consider a multitude of viewpoints that we might not otherwise confront in our daily lives which is why you should come out and see this year's annual for yourself and contemplate these very big questions with the rest of us at Woodmere. Special thanks to Eileen Neff for joining us and all the artists who applied to be in the exhibition and those whose works are on display. The annual runs through September 2nd, 2019, and be sure to check out our illustrated digital catalog for the exhibition on our website, woodmereartmuseum.org. You can also find there related information about events taking place at the museum over the course of the show. 
And if you like what you're hearing on Diving Board, please subscribe and be sure to give us feedback. That means so much to us. You can do that directly through the website. Thank you for joining us and we hope to see you at Woodmere.